Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Ben, and Ben has been experiencing a lot of weird activity basically all throughout his life. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, Gabe. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on, mate. Your first email that you sent me was so intriguing, but you've just dropped a bombshell on me saying that you basically grew up in a haunted house. So now I need to hear all about this. Mate, what's it like growing up in a haunted house? Tell me what goes on in that place. Yeah, so it was it was quite a... It was a bit scary, to be honest, when I was younger. Um, I, I hated, like, the dark and things like that because of all the little things that went on. But I guess the first kind of – it kind of started when, before I was even, like, old enough to, like, even remember. So my parents, they used to say – I grew up in, like, an old um, miners' cottage in Scarborough. Um, and it, it was probably about 200 years old, the house. Um, and my parents, they used to say that they'd hear – coming from my bedroom, like parties and noises, like people yahooing and, and talking and singing and stuff like that. And they would run into the bedroom and they'd open the door and all the music would stop and they would be like, you know, they could have sworn they heard stuff going on. Um, they'd flick on the light switch and I used to have one of those uh, corded lights that hang from the ceiling and it would just be like rocking back and forth, like, you know, someone had hit it and I was just moving around the room. Um, they told me that that happened quite a few times when I was younger um, and it, it spooked them quite a bit. My dad even you know, said that he wanted to sell the house a few times um, because he was so <laughs> he was so freaked out by it. Um, but I didn't really hear about that until I was older because they didn't want to scare me, you know, freak me out and stuff because I was a kid. But um, it was like th- there was a few things that really, you know, were odd. So I, I always remember 
I got out of the shower when I was a kid and I was just toweling off and stuff like that. And I walked out and um, my bedroom was right down the end of the house. So there was a bathroom, then there was quite a large open plan living space. And then down the end of the open plan living space, there was a long hallway. Um, so I'd, I'd come out of the shower and I walked past and I looked down the hall and my sister's room was on the right hand side. And the door, if you went across through the hall, it was my bedroom was on the next side. And I saw a woman, basically like a ghost, um, exactly how you would describe it in the movies, textbook kind of just floated straight from my uh, sister's room straight into my bedroom. Um, And I just stood there and I was like shocked in awe because I didn't know what it was. And I looked to my dad and he was like, what? You know, because he was sitting on the lounge. And um, I said, I just saw a lady go from my Steph's room into my room. And um, he's just like, oh, no, Ben, it's nothing. It's just the light playing tricks on you and stuff like that. It's just the sun. It's just the, you know, the lights coming through the windows and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. Um, but I, I knew what I saw when I was a kid. It scared the scared the bejesus out of me. And um, it wasn't until I was like a bit older that my dad pulled me aside one day when we were talking and he said, you know, when you're a kid, and you saw, you said you saw the lady go from your sister's room into your room. And I told you it was just the light coming through the window. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I actually saw that the day before and I didn't want to scare you. And it scared me so much when you said that because he had actually had the exact same experience of somebody going from my sister's room into my room. Um, so he didn't tell me until I was about, I think, 14. I would probably have been eight at the time, but I hadn't forgotten. But yeah, that, that scared me because... There came like a time in the household when we all started, you know, saying, well, look, I seen this and I saw this. And, um, but so we, we kind of thought, we kind of felt that there was a woman in the house, um, and a young girl because my mum, she, um, she worked in the hospital, which is a midwife and, um, she used to come home from work and stuff like that. And one day she came home and, um, she was a bit tired, you know, and she thought my sister had come in the room to give her a hug. She's a little girl. And she'd see my sister walk up to her and she went to give her a hug and her arms went straight through and there was nobody there. And um, my mum, she told my dad, my dad said, yeah, I've seen, you know, the little girl sitting there by the fireplace and stuff like that, just staring like out the window. And um, she was like, you know, that's, I, don't, I, can't, I can't fully remember, but they were pretty spooked by it. And then later on, my sister came out when she was a bit older and said that a little girl had followed her to school that day. Um, and basically describe what my parents had seen. I, I don't, I didn't ever see the little girl. Uh, I only saw the woman that one time. Um, but yeah, the, they were all pretty, pretty sure that what they were seeing. Um, so that was, you know, a bit spooky. That, that's terrifying. I mean, the, the fact that your mum tried to hug this girl and basically went right through her. What was, what was the reaction from that? That would have been just pure terror. Yeah, I remember um, she, she was screaming and my dad was trying to calm her down because, you know, and my sister came out and she was like, what's what's wrong, what's wrong? And she's looking at her and everyone was kind of just like, you know, we didn't really understand at the time, but my parents were basically, you know, explained it to us a little bit later on um, what had happened, you know, that experience. Um, but yeah, it was, it was mainly when we were younger that that kind of, those things happened. So I would have only been, I can't actually say how old I was at the time, but I was young. 
Um, but yeah, it's still one of those stories that my parents tell and my mum doesn't like talking about it because she gets freaked out. Um, my dad, he's a little bit more open about it. You know, he'll, he'll discuss it because he's a bit like me. You know, I've always felt like I was a bit skeptical because I was like, did I really see those things? I don't know. But you know, it's like, I just, the fact that I remembered seeing the lady when I was a kid and until I was older, you know, I still remember it now. Um, you don't really forget that. And I also saw, um, a few other things that I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it, like, I can't honestly say that it was a ghost, but just movement around the house, like at the corner of my eye, like something passing, passing by, like, but I didn't actually see a figure or shape just felt like there was someone there or moving. Um, but so yeah, that, that house was a bit scary. <laughs> the other thing that used to happen was, so the garage was underneath the house, um, cause it was on a hill. So it was a bit, so the, the house was on a hill and it was built upwards. So it was level. So the garage was right underneath it. And, um, I'd be the only person home in the house. I'd go down in the garage. I used to do, I could do a lot of woodwork and stuff like that, especially when I was younger. And I'd be under the house working away and I'd hear upstairs like boom, 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 like footsteps, like running down the hallway because it was all old hardwood floors. Um, and I would be like, shit, there's somebody in the house, you know? So. I'd turn and I'd run as fast as I could up, open the gate, run into the house, and I'd search the whole house. There'd be nobody there. Then I'd go back downstairs, back in the garage, start working away, and then hear it again. Boom, 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 boom. And the same thing happened to my dad. He said when he was like home alone, he'd um he'd he'd be working in the garage too, and he'd hear the same thing. And you know, it's just it's, it was weird because we'd be like, well, you know what, that happened to me too. You know, like that kind of shared experience. Um. Yeah, so that was a bit freaky. Yeah, that's that's terrifying. It sounds like this is such an active house and it's you know, when people come on to this podcast, it's kind of like the the activity usually only happens to a handful of people in the house, but it sounds like whatever was in this house is really just throwing caution to the wind and making itself, you know, extremely known to everyone in there. Yeah, it was it was a weird time. I my parents ended up getting um a, a local priest to actually come to the house and bless it. Um and it actually calmed everything down, but there was still some odd about it. Like there are a few things that used to scare me. Like I don't know if this was I don't know if it's, you know, paranormal or whatever, but it happened to my dad too. Like we'd be laying in bed and I'd hear like somebody just yell into my ear like Ben, like really loud, and it would just scare the crap out of me and he used to hear the same thing happening to him um so that was always scary and I'd, i used to lay there in bed too and i'd look up at the ceiling and like you know it's got a bit of light that comes from the windows and stuff and i always had this like black kind of shadow come across the wall and it would slowly like envelope me um and like i couldn't look away but it would just keep i didn't know what it was it just keep going over the top of me and i'd have to like roll over and cover myself with the covers and stuff and it was just yeah, I was really terrifying, <laughs> but um, yeah, I still don't know what that was, or I, I can't explain that. But that used to happen quite a bit when I was a kid, um, or even when I was a teenager, actually. That's terrifying because uh, how old were you when all of this started to happen? I mean, I guess from when I was one to when I was about you know seventeen in that wow. house. Wow! So you 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 stayed in this one place for seventeen years? Um, actually, well, because I moved out when I was about eighteen. Then I came back and then they sold it. I was probably about 22, 
So yeah, quite a while we had that house in the family. My dad renovated it and stuff, so it wasn't always a old miner's cottage. He revamped it, but it was still the, the same shell of the house. He just added another story onto it and stuff like that. Did you find the activity changed when renovations started to happen? Um, not. I think the main change was when they actually had the the um, priest bless the house. Um, but there is one really weird thing, Cade, that happened um, not that long ago in my life. <laughs> um and I wrote a song about my family because my, my parents, um, they got divorced and stuff like that. And we had to sell the family home. And as much as all that scary stuff happened, we loved the family home. You know, it was beautiful. And I actually, you know, I play a bit of music and stuff. And I wrote a song about the ghosts in the house and, and all the stuff. And um, there was a, a lyric in it. It was, um, I'll wait to stake my claim or something like that. Um, like the ghosts before McCarthy came and McCarthy was the priest that blessed the house, um, Father McCarthy. And I I was playing the song and I sung it to my wife a few times, you know, and then we actually started having activity happen in my house here, which is miles away from the old house. And I was speaking to somebody at work about it and they said that, you know, maybe the song is kind of letting that stuff back in. So I stopped playing the song and I smudged the whole house and we haven't had any weird stuff happen. But yeah, it was, it was a bit freaky for a few days there. There was um, lights going off and a bunch of other weird things happening in the house that I couldn't explain, but just felt like a whole bunch of energy had come back. So I was like, yeah, I just felt like I kind of opened that whole uh, doorway back up again. That's interesting because I, I wonder if this is a, a connection to you rather than a... a, a rather than a connection to the house or anything like that, because, you know, it's really not uncommon to hear about things being attached to people or or objects or something like that. So, or it's it's very, very possible that it's just genuine poltergeist activity and it's the house is inventing the, I guess, the, the situation. Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> it, was, um, it, was a, it was just a, a very unexplainable there was just so many things that happened you know that it was you kind of can't put it down to oh it was just you know the sun coming through the window at that time of day it's just it's unrealistic you know if you if you see something i think you know i i believe there's um i've had moments where i've i've seen things and i've put it down to like hallucination so like i remember waking up once with a bit of sleep paralysis and i i saw somebody staring at me you know but in that moment i was like that felt like sleep paralysis. That felt like my mind created it. But all the other things that I've seen, they were like an experience that were like, you know, I was I was alert, I was awake, it was happening, you know. Sleep paralysis is one of those things that I think a lot of people really second guess the the paranormal connection to it because there's some people who would believe black and blue that every sleep paralysis type of event is somehow connected to the paranormal. But, you know, I think there's a, there's a very much a scientific explanation to, to it as well. Um, Mm. But I I do think it's a bit of a gray area because there's, there's absolutely no reason in in just my opinion that those two, those two things cannot overlap a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Like we'll never know. You know, I read a lot of those articles about people who have experimented with like DMT and they've shared like very similar experiences to other people and gone to very similar places where they've described the same kind of beings that they've come across and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, how can two people who've never met who've taken the same drug have gone to the same place? It just doesn't make any sense, you know? Really makes you wonder what 
is out there and how how is everything connected? Because like you said, the the possibility of two people having the same type of hallucinations is look, I'm 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 no no doctor, no scientist, but I could imagine the the chance of that happening would be incredibly low. Yeah. Oh, like same. I just you read that stuff and you think, well, you know, is it true or is it I don't know. You know, I can't say. I've never experimented with that kind of thing and I don't think I ever will, but um I've had enough trouble with that stuff growing up. But yeah, I guess I it's it's hard to say, but there's definitely a lot of things that, you know, we can't explain, we don't know about. Um I think, you know, every person I've ever met has got at least one story they can't explain. Um and it's usually around a campfire that you'll hear it, but I think the truth is, you know, a lot of people are too shy to talk about things like this or, they, you know, they don't want their work colleagues to find out or something like that. But, I mean, if you if you get somebody alone and start talking about a story or an experience, nine out of ten times they're going to come back with one of their own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, that's what I love about this stuff is that you can, you can talk about this stuff to a non-believer and, you know, they may not believe. But they'll always come back to you with a story of, well, look, I don't believe in UFOs, but I did see this one weird thing this one time. And for yeah. me, that's that's the gateway drug to get them into being a believer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Like, there was this one bloke I work with, and I thought he was just telling fibs, fibs to me, but he told me that he was on a farm with some friends and they had a bonfire. He took a photo of the fire. And he said that the photo that he took, it looked like a baby was crawling out of the flames. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. And then he was like, no, no, for real. So a couple of days later, he came back into work with the photo and I saw it. It was freaking, it looked like there was a little kid crawling out of the fire. Like, I, can't explain. <laughs> I don't know if it was just the way the flames were moving or something like that. But I thought he was just, you know, talking stuff for the sake of it. But that thing, that was freaky. I was like, okay, you've got me on that one. Unless you're really good on Photoshop, mate. I'm like, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I love something stuff like that. It wasn't good on Photoshop, though. <laughs> so, mate, what what was the, the vibe in the family living in this haunted house? Like, was it? Was everyone kind of on edge all the time or was this something that the family started to just get normal with? Like this was just yeah. their new normal. So they, they, there was, you know, my parents didn't talk about it um, to uh, like to me and my sister because um, obviously they didn't want to freak us out too much when we were younger. Um, they told me that there was conversations around selling the house quite a bit, um, things like that. I know that it stressed them out, but I think after a while, Everyone kind of just got used to it or, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, I didn't see it or just kind of palming it off, putting it in the back of their mind and moving on with their day. Um, but, yeah, like I said, so it got to the point where they literally got a priest to come and bless the house. So I think that says something uh, in itself because my family isn't even religious. Like my parents aren't religious at all. Like they're, they're not atheists, but they're not practicing religious at all. So to get them to organize a priest to come to the house and bless it. I guess that that's saying something about, you know, what it was like there in the situation and how everybody felt at the time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's very telling when you have to go to that next step and reach out to someone for some help. It not only is that a, a big leap in faith in trusting some external party, but it's also a big leap in faith that you haven't made things worse. Mm. Yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to react or what, what can change and stuff like that. But I guess, I mean, 
sometimes you just roll the dice <laughs> and find out. Um, if anything that scary movies have shown me is probably not a good idea to bring a priest in. <laughs> Stuff gets a lot weirder. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does. So my head, my head never did a three sixty around. So I'm, I'm good in that regard. <laughs> no, no green vomit or anything like that. No, thank, thank, thankfully not. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you ever have mates over at the house and? Was this a was this a publicly known thing, or was this kind of like a, a bit of a family secret that it was like don't let don't let anyone know about what goes on in the house, or was yeah. this something that everyone was just on board with? And now a quick word from our sponsor. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Um, I think there was, you know, some people that we would never tell. Um, but, you know, my close mates, like my best mate, he he knew about some of the stuff and he, he was always creeped out about being there because it, it had like really old floorboards, like they're old hardwood floorboards that were all, like they were hundreds of years old. And yeah, anywhere you walk in the house, it would go like creaking and stuff. And they were always a bit scared to come over and stuff like that when they were younger. Um, when we were in like year seven and stuff. My cousin, he, he, he used to get creeped out when he used to sleep over. He'd get like really nervous and stuff like that. Um, probably because he heard some of the stories from my parents talking and me talking to them when they were younger. And when we were kids, we might have talked it up a little bit more to freak him out. <laughs> I don't know. But um, there are a few people that were a little bit, you know, scared of it. I don't know if anyone else saw anything. I'm just trying to think. Um, I think my sister had one of her friends come over from school and she said that there was someone staring at her, but I can't fully remember that story. But, you know, as far as other people... You know, coming in and ex- having experiences, I don't think there was many, and 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 that's fair enough because, oh, Kate, I just remembered something um, that happened to my sister. She was in the shower once, and um, it, she got rushed by something. She said um, something rushed her, and she she actually ended up with scratches on her arm, um, like big red scratches down her arm that like she showed my mum and like the almost like a cat scratch basically um and she said that something came at her in the shower when she was you know 12 or something uh, i just remembered that one actually yeah she was yeah that was that was scary actually i didn't know if she was telling the truth but she had the scratches which was weird <laughs> and you know what that's that's pretty terrifying because you know it, it sounds like the what was in that house was fairly subdued to an extent like there was, there was no physical interaction or anything like that. But this thing is then just scratched your sister, and if if that's true, you know that's a 
that's a pretty big leap in the the activity that was going on in there. Yeah, and I was at a time when it was kind of quieting down too. So I don't know if she was being 100% honest. She sh- she showed me her arm. She did have scratches. Um, but yeah, it was just like I can't I can't 100% say if she was telling the truth or not. But um, my parents seemed to believe her. <laughs> I was you know I was a bit more skeptical just because I think I think a part of me doesn't want to believe that you know because then I go and have a shower and I'm standing there in the shower on my own you know and I'm waiting for something to come out of nowhere and attack me. Um, but yeah, I just <laughs> I guess I I probably told myself that yeah no she's lying that's not true nothing like that would happen in our house you know because you don't want something like that happening do you that's terrifying. Yeah yeah exactly it's just one of those things that takes a a scary situation to another level because then it's well who's going to be attacked what's going to happen to me it's it it becomes just that little bit more real no definitely um yeah definitely it's like i said i can't can't explain any of the stuff i saw The, the the best description is was definitely the thing that i saw the most and the most clearly was the woman walking from my sister's room to my room that I'm like 100% sure that that was a ghost. I even started thinking like, about, you know, quantum entanglement and like, could it have been, you know, like photons of light entangled with another person somewhere across the world that matched and then they were simultaneously, you know, interacted so that I saw that image over there and stuff like trying to explain it. But I mean, it looked like a spirit to me. Like it looked like a ghost floating across away into my room <laughs> and it was going into my room too, which freaks me out even more when I think about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's something that would just kind of keep you awake forever. Is it a, is it a place that you'd ever go back to? Oh, I miss that house. Yeah, it was beautiful. Like it was, it was a stunning house. Like um, it sold for like, you know, well over a million dollars. Um, but they'll finish with that. It was on like three blocks of land. It was, it was beautiful. Like you'd put up with the craziness just for the house, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, um, yeah. it, that's really interesting, you know, to, to have a house that was so active for so long and just wanting to go back there. I think that's, you know, that's fantastic because, you know, it means the, as scary as the place was, like it, it doesn't scare you away, which I think is really important. Yeah, it was the family home at the end of the day. We had it for years. So it was it was hard to let go of it, I guess. Um, it was it was so beautiful, you know. There was like it had the original back door that had um, the glass, and it was like purple. Like I don't think they make that glass anymore. Like this this particular color was like this dark, rich purple, and it was all like um, I don't know what they call it when they it was like wood carved, like but it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know what the terminology would be, but it was highly decorated door. Like it was like a really old wooden one. Um, it's really beautiful. It's like something you'd see like a church or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Got a real sense of heritage to it. You know, the house itself was next to a church. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So it was on the corner. Um, it was not, it wasn't a, it was an old church. So, um, it had people living in it. it was like converted into a living space but yeah there was a church next door um so yeah there's that too actually now that i think about it yeah right this this place is just like an onion the the, the more layers that come off there's more to it yeah no, it was it was quite um and yeah, no, actually you know that's pretty pretty good point there was a church next door <laughs> <laughs> about it who knows who was buried in that backyard you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know the the thing is you just don't know how long the history is for that place and you know you if 
there's no records kept. You just, you'll never know. Well, we, we dug um, at the back of the house where my room was. Um, underneath, my, my dad dug uh, like a carport. And when he dug, he found like all these old like glass wine bottles and stuff and Pex paste jars and stuff like that from like the old days. So it was like people would sit on the porch, drink and chuck their bottles down. And then eventually got covered with dirt and stuff like that because there was a, a veranda that wrapped around the house. And, um, yeah, so we, we, we actually thought about it and we we're like, well, my mum and dad said that they heard parties coming from my room, you know, this is the party central. There were people standing there back in the day drinking, you know, there's all these glass bottles and stuff they found under the, like, under the dirt, right where they, like, outside my window, basically, like five metres from my window. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. That's just another another layer to the onion. <laughs> let's uh let's tear the onion to pieces because there's another story that you you come onto the podcast to share, and this one is really mind bending because I've only had a handful of people come on the show to to talk about the thing that you're going to talk about. So tell me what happened in the in Scarborough for you. Um, so basically I'd been out, um, in town having drinks with some friends, um, and I'd caught the train home. It was pretty late at that point, probably about one, one thirty, maybe two in the morning. Um, I was, I was a bit drunk, but I wasn't like, you know, off my head. Um, the hill at the train station there in one bar is really steep. So it's quite a very, very steep incline. And I just remember staggering down the hill with my steps, just like hitting the ground, like, you know, taking my weight as I walked home. Cause you know, I'm trekking it back and I'm tired and I've been out and I've had my fun and, um, I've, you know, walking down the street and stuff, it's dark. There's no one around. It's creepy. And I'm walking down and at the bottom of the hill, it kind of just, goes straight and then there's the road the main road that goes through the town um and on the left hand side there's another church um different to the church that was next to my house um this one was still a church that people would go to and pray and stuff like that um so it's just a hard story to tell because it's one of those ones that i've not really told anybody because it's one of those ones that they just go yeah yeah you know that's so unbelievable that it would it would negate every other story that I ever told. Like every other experience, everyone would be like, okay, yeah, he's, he's full of it. You know, if he's going to talk about that stuff, then any kind of stories that he had about his house, they're not going to be true. Or, um, because I don't think anybody would believe it. I, I didn't believe it myself when I saw it, but, it, um, still to this day, it makes me really nervous and, and scared to talk about it because it freaks me out. It's not something that I, like, um, I get really nervous talking about it, basically. But I got to the corner of the street, um, and it was dark. And I've looked over, and about twenty meters away um, was what I would describe as, you know, one of the greys or some kind of entity. It could have been a demon. It could have been anything. The only way I could describe it was like, you know, the aliens that people describe as the greys, except it was different. It wasn't like what, you know see in hollywood or anything like that it was shorter probably about three foot um tall um it had the the dark black almond eyes its head was like longer and narrower not um round and bulbous but like more long and thin kind of uh, kind of like a gumby i guess you could describe it um but it, it was it was longer and 
taller and it, I can't fully remember, you know, its mouth or its nose or anything like that, but I just remember it staring at me with its eyes, um, like just just staring at me, like kind of felt like it knew me almost, that which just kind of creeped me out the most um, because it was like just, it was just looking at into me. Um, and it was one of the weird features I can describe was not only you know, it was short, but it had these, its legs were backwards. So when you think about, you know, your kneecaps, it's like if you put your head on backwards to your head, that's how its legs went. And um, they were long and thin, kind of like, I guess you could say, insect-like. It was pretty skinny in its in its frame. I couldn't pick up any clothes or anything like that that it was wearing. Its skin was grey. Like, well, it looked grey. It was dark. It was pale. It could have had white skin for all I know. But it had fair, fair skin. Like, it didn't look black or anything like that. I didn't see any hair or anything like that. Um, I didn't make out its hands. I, I didn't take it in. I was too busy staring at its eyes basically because they were just staring into me and i just stood there and i kind of just froze staring at this thing which it felt like i was staring at it for like about 30 seconds but it was probably closer to five seconds but when you're staring at something like that you, you panic i guess the flight and fight response starts up in your chest and you just you're looking at it and you don't know what to do <laughs> and i just turned and i ran i ran for my life <laughs> i sprang and i'm i'm a big guy you know and i ran as fast as i could all the way down the street home probably about uh about wouldn't say a kilometer but it was it was a bit of a walk home um but i ran as fast as i could um didn't look behind me just ran up the hill to my house closed the gate, ran into the house, did not tell a soul, didn't tell my parents, locked myself in the room, and I just laid there and was terrified. Um, didn't sleep that night, even though you'd expect someone who'd had a couple beers to want to go to sleep. I couldn't sleep. I was just I was terrified. Um, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of changed the way I view things a little bit because, I mean, you don't, you don't expect to see something like that at all. I thought it could have been a bunch of different things, like an alien. It could have been from the church, like an entity. Could have been, something, you know, it's we're on indigenous land. I guess you know it's Wombara. You know that's an indigenous name. I heard people talking about bunyips and stuff like that. I thought it could have been something, you know, that I don't know about from their religion and stuff. But, I searched a bunch of images and stuff. I couldn't find anything. I've not seen a drawing or um, a picture or, or anything like that that describes what I saw online. Um, but, yeah, just one of those things I kind of kept to myself and I told myself I wouldn't take it to the grave. The only, the only two people I think I ever told was um, my wife, you, <laughs> and um, a couple of guys I used to work with in the steelworks when we were having drinks and talking one night and they were all just laughing at me. They didn't take it seriously, but yeah, that's, that's the story, I guess. It's one of those things that would be incredibly difficult to share because you've, you've got the fact that you've went out for a couple of beers that night and then people would just pro- probably say to you, mate, Oh, you're off your head. You're pissed or something like that. And mm-hmm. In that situation, I, I could have imagined it would have been incredibly sobering that you've just seen something that's not supposed to be real. You've seen, you've effectively, you've seen a monster or something like that. And mm. like you said, that fight or flight response kicked in and you, you just did what you had to do to, to get out of there. 
what was what was going through your mind when you were seeing this thing? Were you trying to process it or was it just kind of like a sensory overload? I think um, what you said there was really well worded, very sobering. Um, I don't think I felt more sober in like a few seconds in my whole life. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, what? Like my flat, my heart was pounding out of my chest. Um, I guess I've thought about like what would have happened if I stayed, walked over to it, approached it, talked to it. I don't know. I, I um, What was going through my head was, I can't make sense of this. That's not real. What is that? Is it going to kill me? <laughs> Am I going to get probed? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I panicked, you know, I just, I absolutely just panicked. But the only way I can describe it is if you've, um, if you've ever been almost in a car accident or something like that, or where, you know, you're about to, you know, something bad's about to happen. Like I, I was once almost in a car accident and I had a car coming towards, so our car was going along pretty fast. A car pulled out and our car swerved out onto the road. And I, I saw the oncoming car and I remember looking at the, the, I could see the driver's eyes staring at us as we swerved out of the way. That's how close we were to a head on and crashing. And I just, in that instant, I just panicked and I couldn't think of like, my mind just went blank when that happened. That's the only way I can describe it when this happened. Like it felt like, I was a deer caught in headlights, I guess you could say. Like, I was just stunned. Like, I just was like, I couldn't move. I couldn't think. Um, eventually, I ran. I guess, I, you know, run away from your problems. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and you know, to, to have me say that I ran, that's saying something because I never run. <laughs> I'm not Mate, the kind of guy that I, go for a run. I can relate with you on that one there. Um, it would ha- it would have to be something pretty pretty terrifying to get the feet moving for me too. So, what, oh, no, were, yeah. what was the reaction from your wife when you told her? Um, it's always been pretty understanding, I guess, because we we saw um we we had a like a little weird UFO experience at my dad's place because he moved. Um, actually, this is why I told her because we saw something one night. Um, I know it seems weird for me to have so many stories and stuff like that, but I guess I. I can't explain it. I've just seen lots of things. Um, but we were at my dad's house sitting. So from that house in Scarborough, when he sold that, he moved to a few different rentals, but he eventually started renting a place um, down by the water in Scarborough. And it was just an interim before he moved away. He's up in Queensland now. But um, <laughs> we were house sitting. We were sitting on the lounge and we just finished Monsters, Inc., um, which is a great movie, by the way. Everyone should watch it at least once. And we're sitting on the lounge and I've, I'm watching the credits go through and I, I look out the window because it's like big balcony windows. They all kind of open up and then it's still looking at the ocean. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful property. And um, I just see this bright light in the sky and I just looked up and I uh, it looked like Alpha Centauri. It was a really bright star, it looked like. And then it just went and just shot off at a million miles an hour, just straight out to the ocean, um, like, like supersonic, like a shooting star, except it kept going and it was bright. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, and I jumped up. And then my wife was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, did you see it too? And she was like, yeah, I saw it. I was like. And then she she told me she was watching it for longer than me. So she she was staring at it and she said it was hovering stationary for a while, moving around, and she didn't know what it was. She thought it was a helicopter. And the next minute it just shot off. So she actually got to watch it for a little bit longer than I. So she saw 
a bit more of the story. I was a bit jealous, to be honest, <laughs> and they caught the last little glimpse of it. But yeah, that that really spooked us. And I told her a few other stories like that, and I told her about that experience because it was only up the road from where we were staying at the time that we saw that. Um, but yeah, I guess she was pretty understanding. Um, she's not the kind of person to really believe in stuff like that, but you know, she's she trusts me, I guess. Um, she knows that I'm not the kind of person that lies. And that must be a really good feeling because, you know, when people have these types of encounters, it's a lot of people have them on their own and to, to share an encounter with your wife and then have her not only experience that with you, but then to, to believe you, you know, unconditionally about the, the experience that you had, you know, that's a, that would be a really, really good feeling because not everyone gets that that type of support or that type of opportunity to share this type of thing with someone so close. Well, we weren't married at the time, so it was probably pretty risky me telling her, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I guess, I guess you could say it was a good feeling. I don't know if she a hundred percent believed me, but um, it's always nice to, to get something off your chest, especially a story that you've never really told anybody. Um, Most people would just kind of brush that one off as, like you said, you, you know, drunk you're talking shit you just yeah i don't know but um that's why i didn't really tell anyone that one's that story because i guess when you see something so unbelievable it kind of it makes every other thing you've ever seen um not seem plausible and i didn't want my whole story my childhood growing up in that house my family's experiences and stuff like that to be like oh yeah ben he talks out of his butt you know (laughs) so I just, yeah, I kept it for myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I completely understand that. And, you know, I, I completely commend you for coming on the show and, and sharing those encounters because, you know, those are those are really hard things to talk about, especially that last one, because, like you said, so many people could just easily write you off. But the the interesting thing is, you know, you're not the first person to come onto the show and talk about something like that. You know, I can tell you there's been two people have been on the show roughly from your area as well we have seen things like that and yeah yeah, it's it's you're not alone in this which is i think something really powerful to take from you sharing your story is that you know there is other people out there who see these things as well so that's that's the whole reason we do this podcast is to let people know that you're not alone you know you're not crazy someone else has seen this and you just never know someone who listens to this show may get in contact and say, you know what, I've actually seen the same thing. Yeah, it's just, I I lose, like, I guess I, I lose the ability to articulate myself when I think about it. Um, and it's, it's hard it's hard to explain. Um, like I said before, I think everyone's had experiences that they're probably too scared to share or they're not, they, they just tell themselves that it wasn't real or it was just a dream or um could have been a bunch of different things but uh, i think everybody at least has had one kind of experience like that they can't really put words to i guess and that's going to do it for tonight and remember if you have had an encounter get in touch with me my email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe ufo radio Until next time, stay safe, and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.